This is Talk is Sheep, a podcast by the Wild Sheep Society of British Columbia. Come along as we take conversations that matter to you into the high alpine. We sit down with Keith Belford, Director of Marketing Communications with the Wild Sheep Foundation. Uh, Keith has got a uh, long history in the conservation community, having come over from Boone and Crockett. Um, and uh, a great listen today with him about what's going on with Sheep Week. And uh, you and I are both heading down there, man. It's uh, pretty yeah. exciting. Yeah, it is. Uh, this will be my second time going down uh, to Sheep Week. And it, the first time was just mind-blowing. Uh Keith gets into the, the little bit about uh, the camaraderie and everything that's down there, but it's it's something you actually have to experience firsthand. I'd seen pictures and video and talked with people about it, and yeah, yeah, okay, cool. And you walk in, and it's just wow, just the ex- the been to fishing game club banquets and things like that, but just the ex- the size and the expanse and the atmosphere that it hits you as soon as you walk through the doors, just you can't even describe it. Yeah, there's uh, there's a very unique energy around Sheep Week that yeah you you have to experience it. So anyone that hasn't gone, encourage you to go. You can check it out virtually. Uh, go to wildsheepfoundation.org. Um, you can get signed up for it. Uh, you get a chance to win a sheep hunt. Keith talks about that. Uh, Fifty dollars to register for the virtual event, and you get a shot at a sheep hunt. It's a desert sheep hunt and worth what is it sixty five thousand US dollars in Mexico. It's yeah, you're not for for fifty bucks you to to win that sort of that's not even a once in a lifetime hunt. Like that's a once every five lifetime hunts. If you win the lottery and you're bloody lucky, right? That's it's unreal. Like it almost makes you speechless thinking about the, the amount of chances you've got to win something like that down there. And even virtually it's just unreal. Yeah. So very good odds on that, but uh, you know, taking the show virtually, if you can make it to sheep week, go to sheep week. That's all I'm saying. Um, it's, it's an experience that you will not forget. It's something you got to do once in your lifetime. If you, and once you've done it once, you're going to go back cause it's just that much fun. Um, yeah. So fantastic opportunity, check it out. And if you can't make it this year because of whatever, just check it out virtually, you get a taste of it. And uh, you know, Keith talks about having that old, the live uh, presence virtually and that's going to be really cool because I, I felt that was the one thing that I missed last year there wasn't the energy around sheep week because with, with people weren't in person and I was thinking oh you know I, I remember that event and how much fun it was and the buzz around it and be able to share that virtually is going to be pretty cool it's a neat dynamic that they're going to be able to share this year oh I can only imagine what it's going to be like in person this year after missing last year there's going to be a lot of pent up we don't even have, know the word to use but there's going to be a lot of pent up happiness frustration everything's going to come to the surface they're just missing everybody in person right like yeah there's it's, it's going to be an amazing time so steve and i are going to be there come down check us out uh look us up um we'll let you buy us each a drink um and uh yeah <laughs> it's what, it's going to be a great time what's even going to be better is if you're if, if you register for it uh and, and you're showing up in person is you get access to it virtually so you can go in there and go, oh, there's Kyle there. Send him a message. Where are you at in Sheep Week? And come meet us at a booth somewhere. And as you said, you can buy us a beer or whatever. We're not picky. Double scotches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, just, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, something we want to mention is a little bit of uh, a really sad news this, uh, this week coming out of BC. Uh, one of our leaders in in our space uh, Jim Shockey his wife Louise uh, announced that she's um, has uh, lung cancer and and not doing well uh, thoughts and prayers are going out to the Shockey family just a, a really tough time for the family right now and just uh, Jim's been such a great 
uh, supporter of the society and and uh, always stepped up and looked after us and uh, just thinking about uh, the Shockey yeah. family now and sending our our thoughts and prayers and just hopefully um, you know uh, Louise is strong and and given that family you know our thoughts right now a real tough time for them yeah no kidding like was a couple of years ago we were rolling out one campfire at sheep week and you approached jim hey do you want to give a couple minutes worth of your thoughts on the state of hunting and he in a passion speech off the top of his head that uh, we still use on our materials for one campfire so yeah it's as you said a huge supporter of everything we're about and uh, our, our thoughts and prayers and uh, strength are with the family yeah for sure all right so um off to episode 53 just uh i guess christmas is literally like 10 oh, days away man. so if you're struggling for that uh hunter conservationist or you need something for yourself for christmas uh get our wild sheep raffle tickets go over to uh wild sheep society uh, com. check us out get some raffle tickets um and there's anything from 10 bucks all the way up to 100 bucks you can buy multiples whatever you need uh they're a great stocking stuff where you can buy them you'll have them print them off, throw them in the stocking. And that's, right. uh, that's something that, you know, if, if your person wins that thing, can you imagine going on a uh, 65,000 US dollar uh, des- desert bighorn hunt in Mexico? Uh, wow. Just, yeah. Just imagine the oh. Christmas gifts they would have to buy you over the next few years to make up for it. <laughs> but remember that time I bought you a desert bighorn hunt, right? It's, that'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Great little animal there. So. All anyway. right. On that note, episode 53. And uh, as always, a pleasure to welcome Keith Belford, directoring, Director of Marketing and Communications of the Wild Sheep Foundation, to talk as sheep. Enjoy the listen. If we told you tomorrow that elk, black bear, and bighorn sheep were next, would you speak up? Wildlife needs to be managed by science and not by emotion. And you don't have to be a hunter to take part in this movement. You just have to want sound management of our wildlife in BC. Go to wildsheepsociety.com slash act now to use your voice and demand that BC not use our wildlife as pawns in a game of social management. Act now. Or the things that you love could be next. Well, good afternoon, Keith. Welcome back to Talk of Sheep. Good to see you. Thanks, Kyle. Good to see you as well. Yeah, so I know that you guys are knee-deep in uh, sheep work, trying to get things ready for, for Reno in a couple, well, just, uh, I guess, less than six weeks now. So I uh, appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and have a chat and give us uh, an update of what's happened at the Wild Sheep Foundation. Not not a problem. I would say uh, more like chest waders instead of hip boots. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, with that in mind, I really appreciate you being on here and and taking the time to meet with us today. Um, so, you know, we had you on the show before we talked to you with Gray, but, um, it'd be great if we could, uh, kind of jump into, uh, uh, a little bit more of your background and, and where you came from. And, uh, I guess, you know, where you're, you've got such a, a rich history in conserv in the conservation world. I'd like to hear where that came from and, you know, if that was part of your youth or if that's something you stumbled upon later in life. <laughs> well, since you put it that way, I've, I've never been called rich history, but, uh, yeah, I've been around a while. Um, this is my second full year with Wild Sheep. Uh, prior to that, I was 19 years with the Boone and Crockett Club. Um, and that that position uh, as their director of marketing communications um, planted me uh, both feet on the ground in the, in the conservation community. Uh, prior to that, I worked in the in the outdoor space, a uh, number of, um, I guess I look back now and call them odd jobs, but I did a lot of agency work for uh, hunting and fishing brands uh, in the outdoor space, a lot of marketing communications work. Um, and, you know, that led me to the Boone and Crockett Club, which is, like I said, where I started to get deeply involved and, and more focused on uh, wildlife and habitat conservation issues. So if you, 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 these odd jobs that you refer to and, and kind of being involved in the, in the hunting and fishing space or in that community, um, did you grow up with an interest in that? Is that what you, you know, as a kid or? Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess you, if we're going to go all the way back, um, (laughs) let's go back to your youth 20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) 20. I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. 
Um, you know, I grew up in, in central Ohio uh, in a rural community. Uh, my dad was an avid uh, pheasant hunter. He loved to hunt birds. And uh, ever since I was a little kid, that's that was it. Um, watching him go hunting and when I was old enough to, you know, tag along, I'd, I'd tag along with him and couldn't see over the weeds, but I'd hear, hear a bird flush and I'd hear him shoot. And if I saw feathers floating to the ground, I knew he got it. And if I heard, if I saw him scrambling, I knew that he missed it. And uh, eventually I was old enough to carry a single shot 20 gauge myself and just was rapid into, um, you know, consuming everything I could. He subscribed to Outdoor Life and Field and Stream and Sports of Field, and I lived off of those magazines. And um, my dad wasn't much of a of an angler, um, but his uncle was, so he made sure that I got to spend some time with his uncle, and he introduced me to fishing. And, uh, and my dad wasn't much of a big game hunter. He did go deer hunting every year in Pennsylvania uh, with the, the uncles and the the whole tribe of his peers. Um, but as, as I found out later, that was just a big card game. They did very little deer hunting. <clears throat> but um, I had an interest, you know, from an early age, went to school in Oregon. Um, and when I got to the West Coast here, uh, you know, Western big game hunting, trout fishing, steelhead fishing, uh, I, I called it home. That was it. I, I never went back to Ohio other than to visit. Lived in the West Coast um, since then, graduated in uh, 1981 and worked in the uh, the Seattle area for a number of years until I took the job at Boone and Crockett, which was in 2000. And that moved me to Missoula, Montana, which was, you know, <laughs> from a sportsman standpoint, being dipped in holy waters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well stated. Yeah. You guys got it pretty good there for sure. So now you recently with the WSF move, you moved uh, a little closer to Bozeman, I think. You're we, no longer. we did. Um, we lived outside of Missoula for that time with BNC and uh, moved, was going to get a, a place here in Bozeman. The housing market was insane uh, last summer. Uh, so we ended up getting a place out in Ennis, Montana, which is about a 45 minute commute. Um, from the, the world headquarters of wild sheep here in Bozeman. But we love Ennis. It's in the Madison, Madison River Valley and, you know, gorgeous mountain ranges and world-class fly fishing. And, you know, it's a deer and elk slalom to work every day. So that's keeps me on my toes. Cool. So now you talked about your hunting growing up in a hunting family, the pheasant hunting, the bird hunting stuff you did. And, and I, I believe you pick up a, a rod quite a, a bit these days as well from what I've, I've seen on your social media. But um, are you, and I know you were deer hunting this fall. Have you been chasing any of the mountain species? Like uh, have you, have, did you ever go sheep hunting or goat hunting or anything like that, Keith? Or- I have. Um I'm one of the one of the one of the Montana residents that people love to hate. I drew a bighorn tag uh, my second year applying. Nice uh, and shot a real nice ram, uh, record book ram actually. Wow! And was fortunate enough here in 2018 to go on a uh, doll sheep hunt in the Yukon, which was a another life changing experience. Um, I'd never been on anything like that before. I've done, you know, a fair amount of, you know, elk and mule deer and some moose hunting, but nothing, nothing that, nothing like that. And that was a epic, epic adventure. I was fortunate to take a, take a nice doll ram on that hunt. Usually my hunting calendar is, is archery elk, archery whitetail. Uh, I went through a period of time where I was, I was mad at big mule deer, so I chased big mule deer for a number of years and and collected a couple of really nice ones. And this year's been a little bit lean. Um, I didn't draw my archery elk tag, um, which I had been drawing for the last six or seven years. So um, I was on suicide watch for about a month. 
<laughs> and uh, but my buddies did draw, and they went, and they, they had a great hunt. They didn't. We got three bulls last year. They got one this year. Um, my big hunt's actually coming up here next Monday. Uh, I'm going to leave for Mexico for a uh, an archery whitetail hunt down there with a whole slew of my old hunting buddies. Kind of the getting the band back together. We haven't hunted together for many, many years. So there's seven of us going down there for that. I'm really looking forward to it. Cool. What kind of hunting is that? Is that spot and stock or I would imagine? It's, it's a, it's a mixed bag, um, ground blinds, some spot and stock, um, option to hunt with a rifle. If I choose to, I'm going to try and hunt with a bow as much as possible. It's a, you know, a trophy hunt plus a management buck hunt. So it's kind of an all shoot deal. And, uh, I've hunted in Texas, South Texas, a couple of times, really enjoyed that, that style of hunting and that, that climate. Um, so this will be pretty similar. This isn't that far across the, uh, the U S Mexico border out of Del Rio. Cool. So you've, you've had a lifetime of hunting. You've, you've done some pretty diverse, you know, experiences, um, with your doll and your, Bighorn, were they both rifle or did you, were you, they were both, no, they were both rifle. Uh, when I drew my bighorn tag, I was really in a conundrum, uh, cause you know, wanted to hunt with a bow. I'd been almost exclusively bow hunting at, at that point. Um, and I thought, well, God, I'll never draw this tag again. What do I do? You know, I can't, I got to choose one. So I, I ended up with a rifle. And as it turned out, I had this ram at 30 yards, <laughs> the, the one, the one that I ultimately got. So, uh, but I didn't care. I had a sheep tag in my pocket. It was, it was surreal. So that was cool. Then the Yukon hunt was, was a rifle hunt. That was a horseback, uh, into the Ruby range. Okay. So now looking back in your sort of hunting career, hunting background, however you want to call it, what what would you like to do? I guess, what would you like to do most? If you could go and do a hunt tomorrow, what would you go and do? Um, of, you pick anyone, anywhere, anytime, any continent, what would you do? Oh, man. Uh, bucket list. I'd really li- like to hunt big mule deer in Mexico. Um hmm. That's been on a bucket list for a while. Um, definitely, if I get the opportunity to go on another sheep hunt of any kind, any variety, doesn't matter. Um, didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the international uh, sheep and goat game until I got involved with WSF here. And now I'm, I'm looking at Ibex and going, that that just looks cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the country that they're in and the 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 culture and the heritage and, and, and the critters themselves, that, that looks like a, a thing to do. Never have had a huge, huge interest in African game. Uh, can't explain why. Um, for a while there, I had kudu on a bucket list. Uh, but I think if I had my, my druthers internationally, it'd be an Ibex now. And, uh, I like to get back onto mule deer. I, I spent, 15 years chasing big mule deer at every opportunity I got. And I, I kind of shifted that into archery elk. That's a, that's a new vice. And I really enjoy doing that, <clears throat> but would like to get back on a, another big mule deer one of these days. Yeah. Right on. It's uh, you, you mentioned the Ibex hunt and I remember I'm just looking it up here, but uh, Eastern chapter of the wild sheep foundation has got a really cool raffle going on right now. I think it's the Spanish Ibex grand slam hunt. That's uh, um, you could, yeah, it's like a two hundred dollar ticket or something like that. Just a handful of them, and you get out and you get to hunt all the all the species in uh, in Spain. That'd be a pretty cool opportunity. You, do you have a ticket on that one, or I don't have a ticket on that one, but I, I will be getting one. There's there's actually some pretty good stuff um, out there right now. Um, Alaska chapter is doing a Marco Polo Ibex raffle. Um, I think the, you got until the ninth. To get tickets on that, that's an all-inclusive. Uh, we'll be coming out with a, a super raffle here pretty shortly. Uh, that'll be 
one one for the ages. I think people will be pretty stoked to see what we came up with for this. And this will be an online online, but also uh, can get tickets in Reno for it. It's not going to be drawn at the Sheep Show. We probably won't draw this one until spring of 2020. But it's it's got two unbelievable items in it. So, can you throw us a bone here? You're going to keep it under your hat for a bit. I know what it is, uh, but can we tell our guests? Yeah, well, I already mentioned. Uh, so this is going to be an Argali, um, nice. all inclusive awesome. Argali hunt in in uh, Mongolia. And when I say all inclusive, airfare, tips, ground transportation, um, you know, spending money there. Um, just an unbelievable trip. The other one, the other item, I think you're going to want to wait and see. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. Yep. It's yeah, awesome. That one, that one you're going to want to wait and see. Um, there's not one else out there like it. It's being built specifically for WSF. Yeah. It's exciting. I can't wait. Uh, yeah. Some really cool raffles coming up and, uh, uh, so can you, the, so those are, are those two on the super raffle? Is that what we're calling that? Uh, that's, that's the super raffle. We've got our, our, our normal sheep weep raffle. Uh, we've been putting out some information on that. That's the, the big drawing at the exhibit hall floor on Saturday. Uh, I think there's nine hunts in that, uh, Weatherby wall of guns, uh, from our friends down at Weatherby, um, the, the usual, just you know loaded raffle uh but the nine hunts are, are pretty cool so there's a finaz in there it's an alaska moose hunt i think a black bear a brown bear hunt wolf hunt um that's pretty loaded very cool. so we're we're already selling tickets for that yeah, so for that, our listeners, if they can't make it to Sheep Show, obviously if they get down to Sheep Show, they can throw their tickets in the barrel themselves. But if they can't make it down to the show, then go over to the website and still buy tickets. And um, obviously there's Actually, some state you'd be, regulations. You'd be calling, yeah, you'd be calling Kim Neaters, and she'll be taking uh, ticket orders over the phone. Okay, so we'll put the uh, raffle details in here in the show notes so we have that for our listeners that can't make Sheep Show. But if you're going to be there Sheep Week, you're good to go anyway, so. You will be good to go. Cool. So, okay, let's talk uh, sheep business now. With everything going on, we got, uh, you know, still a bit of a, a funny world out there. Um, you know, we had our virtual event this past this past year in 2021, um, and my hat's off to you and the entire WSF team, and I know that you took a huge part, a huge lead in this, Keith, and brought a lot of new technology to the foundation and allowed us to put on this successful event and, um, you know, keep the sheep conservation world going. Uh, there was a lot of concerns that I know that the foundation had uh, that we talked about at the board level about what kind of year it was going to be. And we had a very, very successful year. And thanks largely in part to this new event, this new virtual platform. So um, what does 22 look like? So it's it's still a bit of a, a weird world out there. What 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 does this event look like now? Well, it's the, the weird's getting weirder because we're actually going to be putting on both the virtual and the in-person live event in Reno. Um, like you mentioned, the in-person or the uh, the virtual event that was our only option last year or this past January. Um, it was it was so over the top successful that we could not, not offer it again. Um, we have so many people that for whatever reason, time constraints, schedule conflicts, you know, just can't make it to Reno, uh, wish they could. Um, a lot of people that are just new to the, the wild sheep family, uh, haven't had a chance to come to a show, uh, but really enjoyed what we did on the virtual platform. So we're offering that again. Uh, with some enhancements uh, that what, like you said, that was new technology. Um, our vendor that uh, helped us put this on, that was their platform. Uh, they learned a lot through us. Uh, I've added uh, a, a number of cool features to enhance the experience for our online attendees. Uh, we've added more gaming. Uh, that was hugely 
popular people trying to find boot tracks and hidden gems and building points and uh, so we've added a couple of new games we're going to have a, a guess the score game every day where you get to look at a ram and uh, enter your guess and all the uh, <clears throat> the daily winners will be in a in a drawing for a, a pretty awesome prize there'll be a wild cheap trivia game we'll have the points builder game again and also the scavenger hunt for the boot tracks and We'll have two film premieres. Um, we had several film premieres last time because it was was nightly. It was always online. Uh, we'll have two film premieres this go around. Uh, one on Monday, the tenth of January, the second on uh, Tuesday, the eleventh. And interestingly, um, there's a lot of newness to this, uh, not only from the virtual platform, but by the sheer fact that we are also going to be in person live in Reno, that's creating a tremendous opportunity for our online attendees to actually get and see and feel a sheep show that's going on. Yes, we'll have the virtual exhibit hall like we did last year where people can interact with the virtual booths and the virtual exhibitors, but we'll be doing a lot of um, live streaming from the show floor uh, taking people live to events that are happening. Um, so this will really be from a, uh, a virtual attendee standpoint, a, a total immersion experience. You're going to get to see all the sights and sounds of Sheep Week. Uh, we'll take our cameras into the Lesson One Club. Obviously, we'll have them at our banquets and our auctions. Uh, the seminars will be streamed live and recorded. Uh, if you miss something or you, you can't, you can always go back and watch it. That'll still be all available on the platform. So we're, we're looking forward to it. Um, we, we, <laughs> we chuckle to ourselves, you know, we did it this for this first time in January. We knew where the landmines are now. And so we're, we're sidestepping those landmines. Right on, you know, I, that uh, I really thought that uh, the virtual platform was fantastic it was awesome it was great to get together see old friends we were chatting online and totally different for sure um, but one of the things i felt that with the missing piece was that with the virtual event was kind of not the energy around sheep week and in mm. the people in the room and that sort of stuff so adding that component of having somebody going around with a camera and sort of capturing that excitement that energy in the room and, and it can it does translate in some capacity obviously it's never going to be like in person, but, you know, you watch, uh, the, the video from sheep week that you guys produced, you know, the, the trailer to, ex to build it up, you just get the energy, the excitement, you feel it. Right. So I think that's going to be pretty cool being able to do that and share that with, uh, people on the virtual platform. I think that that was, that was the part that miss I, I was missing other than just being there. I was like, it just didn't have that feel of the energy you get when you walk into the room in sheep week. Sure. Well, that's, like I said, we're going to take advantage of the fact that we are going to be in Reno and and push as, as much of this content onto the virtual platform as possible. We're going mm -hmm. to have that, you know, daily roving reporter from the show floor walking around, talking to people, interviewing exhibitors, grabbing, uh, you know, cele celebrities and, and, and just people, board members, what have you. Um, we're also doing a... Uh, a base camp lounge where we're going to bring people in, bring guests in, uh, do interviews. We're setting up a special podcast area where people can do their podcast live from the show floor. Um, so there'll just be a lot more of that vibe. We've also created a, uh, the chat room last year was extremely popular. We've added a new one. Uh, we're calling it the circle bar lounge. And it's actually a, a remake of the Circle Bar outside the Pepper Mill Banquet Hall. Perfect. So you can tuck you can tuck into the Circle Bar, and you know when things are going on, and and that's that's another chat room where people can connect, and and uh, and that's you know that's for the folks that unfortunately can't join us in Reno, and then obviously all the folks that are coming to Reno, well they 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 know what to expect and we're actually seeing quite a few people that came on to the virtual platform and said you know you this this was so cool if you guys are going to be in reno next year we're coming 
and and those folks are registering. They're coming for their first sheep show. So that's that's kind of cool to see that. That was that was our hope with the with the virtual platform is it would cast a broader net, allow mm-hmm. more people to um, participate, get a, a a taste of what we do and, and and why we host these events and and the work that we do for wild sheep and and then that wild sheep family and that camaraderie and all that that. Um, so it's nice to see that conversion of virtual attendees actually planning and, and, and coming to Reno. Yeah. As somebody who uh, took part in the virtual, both from a, a spectator standpoint and a vendor, I built a couple of the booths. It was really, really user-friendly. And that's what I liked about it. Uh, super easy to follow. And yeah, there was a lot of engagement. And as you said, the chat rooms were a riot and, yeah, it's it's. I'm I'm heading down to Reno in person again, and yeah, I'm actually going to miss out on the virtual side of things. I thought that was pretty cool, so it's a win win for for everybody. Well, it'll be it'd be interesting um, because so our in person attendees uh, through their registration and so on, they'll have access to the virtual platform. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how many people actually in Reno are walking around on the virtual platform, checking things out in their hotel rooms or, you know, at lunch or what have you, or going into the chat room. Uh, we anticipate that there's going to be people connecting with each other through the virtual platform in the chat room to meet up in Reno in person. That's pretty cool. You know, you're sitting there and you're like, Hey, I'm over at this and this booth, come meet me, you know? And, um, and I, I think too, this younger generation—that's that's a thing, right? They're really, you know, you look at these uh, Snap or whatever these different platforms are. People are always connecting in weird ways, and uh, it'll be really cool. I think that there's going to be an aspect of that, uh, and that you guys, WSF, has evolved and brought that technology in, and it's going to be pretty cool, especially for I think a, a lot of our younger members and supporters. They're they're certainly gravitating toward it, and. Um you know, we're helping some of the older members, you know, navigate the platform. Um, you know, we've got a 24-7 help desk on the virtual platform that gets a lot of attention. Um, so that'll be cool. And, you know, if you go to the Sheep Show, there's so much going on that you never can get to all of it. Um, so that's another benefit of the virtual platform. If you miss a seminar, if you miss an event, if you miss a presentation, you can go on the virtual platform and call it up and, and cause it's all archived there. So <clears throat> Very cool. we're looking forward to it. it. It is a heavy lift. Um, we're actually now putting on two shows. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a drain on the staff to get all that figured out, but we've got some really good partners to help us with that. Um, and you know, everybody's, everybody's scrambling. So, um, the the clock is ticking, but we're we're checking the boxes and getting all the all the little things done. The semi is going to get loaded here on uh, January sixth, and that's going to haul all our all our goods down to Reno. And the the staff shows up on uh, on the seventh and starts all our setups. So we're there for ten days. Yeah, it's happening. It's scary to think that it's less than six weeks away now. So, uh, but bloody exciting. Um, yep. so can you throw us a bone here on, uh, the film premieres? Are you going to let any teasers out on what's going on there or do we have to wait and see? Uh, no, I'm, I'm happy to throw some out. So there's, there's been a, a need for quite a while, um, <clears throat> on a film, just, just kind of on the history of WSF, uh, why it was started, how it was started. Um, you know, what we do, how it's done, all the moving parts, the science side, the biology side, the, the convention, obviously the fundraising, uh, you know, where the money goes, who our partners are, um, all of that. So one of our films, um, is, is called putting in keeping, and, uh, this is going to be a history, uh, documentary on WSF. We'll have a, uh, panel panel discussion afterwards online. Uh, I know Gray will be on that, um, likely Perry, some board members, and uh, it'll be interesting. It's, it's, it's been a fun project to put together, uh, trying to go look back 
and uh, you know, piece all of these events and things that have been happening together into a into a nice little short film that 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 tells a, a story of of that need that uh, you know a bunch of forward thinking guys and gals got together back in the early seventies and said, "Hey, um, we've done a great job recovering mule deer and elk and wild turkey and ducks and." And, and, you know, a lot of our game species are doing really well, but wild sheep are lagging so far behind. Why is that? And so these folks sat down to delve into that and try and figure it out. And next thing you know, here comes the foundation for North American wild sheep dedicated to putting and keeping sheep on the mountain. And that's, that's what we've been doing since 1977. So it's, it's a nice story. That's going to be one. Uh, another one is going to be an offshoot of what we do, which is put and keep sheep on the mountain. Uh, we were fortunate this past year to be able to uh, do two trap and transfers here in the state of Montana. And so we're going to have a film that's going to, going to cover that kind of in a documentary uh, standpoint of these trap and transfers and these two new herds that were established here. Very cool. That's uh that's really exciting. I'm looking forward to both those. Um, so they're going to premiere on the Monday and Tuesday, but Sheep Week starts Wednesday. So how does that work? They they go live. Is there any showing at Sheep Week for something like this? It, there's not really a venue for it. Or we don't. I don't remember ever watching it. It'd be a smaller platform if that was the case, or a smaller room. Or uh, no. So the the two film premieres they'll be online. Um, so they'll they'll debut like I said on Monday and Tuesday evenings, and they'll be archived online, so everybody can go back in and watch them, uh, including the 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 post panel discussions and producers chats, if you will. Uh, Wednesday night we kick off with the uh, the welcome banquet uh, that'll be piped out live online as well, and so once once we hit Wednesday night. Um, we'll be transferring from recorded content to live content. Cool. So, and then obviously the show itself starts on Thursday. Uh, and so that will continue with streaming of live content there. Um, run of show videos every day, show floor videos, live streaming, the interviews, obviously the banquets on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. Less than one club, life member breakfast, awards, you know, everything that's going on in Reno, you can either catch it live in person, catch it live streaming on the virtual platform or go back and watch it on the virtual platform. That's awesome. And for registrants, if you register for Sheep Week in person, you automatically get the virtual side of it. But if you're, is that correct? Yeah, you automatically yeah. get the virtual side of it. Um, so we have a, like we did last year, we have a registration drawing. So all all paid registrants, whether you're just paying the fifty bucks for the virtual access or you know getting your banquet and your event tickets, uh, you're in a drawing for a desert bighorn hunt with Sierra El Alamo, which we gave away the last time. Um, we're going to probably be adding a second drawing item here to be determined. And that's for all registrants. Very cool. Um, so there's that side of it. Then the $50 virtual registration. Um, if you, is it by the, is there a December 1st deadline to get in for that sheep hunt or? No, uh, the December 1st deadline is a early bird, kind of a two pronged early bird special. One is, um, your discounts on banquet tickets and event tickets, those go to normal price after December 1st. Okay. And also everybody that's registered before December 1st is in a drawing for a $500 floor credit. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So that's, that's what the December 1st deadline is. Okay. So anyone that's signing up, you can sign up right up to sheep. We can still get your chance to win that sheep hunt. So, uh, um, yeah, okay. right up until um, I believe it is going to be January 10th. Okay. 
Uh, actually, no, because of the virtual platform, um, it'll be past the 10th. I think we'll actually go to the 15th for the desert hunt drawing. Okay. Because uh, we'll, we'll be draw yeah, we'll be drawing for the registration desert hunt at the Saturday banquet. Okay. Perfect. Um, and then, uh, in terms of uh, seminars and presentations, you guys have always got a great lineup there. Can you share any of the uh, seminars and presentations that people can expect to see this week at Sheep Week? Yeah, we're still we're still kind of putzing with some of the seminars. Uh, we've got you know s- several folks that have have committed already. Um, some f- familiar names there. Give me a second here, and I'll I'll call up the most current and give you. A, Give you a quick rundown here. So we've got an interesting seminar um, from our friends at Hunt and Fool um, titled I'll Never Draw a Tag. Uh, There is hope in a pathway. Um, As you folks that may know, Hunt and Fool is is one of those uh, membership providers that helps people draw tags. So they're going to give a seminar on, on the best ways to position yourself to draw not just only sheep tags, but, you know, coveted tags in the Western U.S. Um, we'll be doing another one, um, field judging sheep uh, with Clay Lancaster. That was hugely popular virtually last time. Uh, a new one for this year is, is going to be called IU Dad, Everyone's Sheep Hunt. There's a lot of interest in in hunting IU Dad. Um, and so we're going to give a seminar on that, not only on the hunting opportunities, but some of the challenges uh, that our wild sheep face with a growing Ayudad population and, and how best we're managing that. Uh, there'll be also be a, a, a panel discussion on the North American model, this one titled North American Model in the Crosshairs. There's a, there's a fair number of movements going on out there to, um, you know, update the North American model, if you will. Uh, there's some people that just simply don't like how this goes and, and, you know, don't believe that North American model is tenable anymore. Uh, so we're going to have a, a pretty in-depth discussion on that. Should be very interesting. Uh, Shane Mahoney is going to lead that for us. Um, Backcountry nutrition is another one. There's a, a lot of interest in um, in you know what to carry with you on on backpack hunts, sheep hunts uh, in particular. Um, you know how to keep your body fueled and 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 just you know going through the rigors of a sheep hunt. Uh, we're going to talk about legislative affairs that matter to wild sheep. Uh, that's our lobbyist in Washington, D.C. Greg Showalter is going to do that for us. Mountain fitness for all the ages. Uh, our friends at the Mountain Tough Fitness Lab are going to help us uh, kind of under the headline that the mountains are getting steeper. Uh, a lot of us are getting uh, getting a little older and the mountains are getting steeper, you know, so there's a lot of good science out there for staying in shape, getting in shape. Uh, so this is for all ages, but particularly for the, the guys that just want to keep climbing the mountains. Um, there's also going to be a, a big seminar on our new women hunt program. Um, they just concluded their first event uh, this past October down in Texas that was hugely successful. And that's, that's just kind of a, a snapshot. There's probably another dozen seminars that'll be available both in person and online. Very cool. Yeah, that's really exciting. Um, and are we sharing any s- keynote speakers or anything like that? Uh, Keith, do we have that uh, ready to go or is that? That is, quiet? that is in, that is in Gray's capable hands. And so he's, he's still um, got his eye on some shiny objects. I just don't know what those shiny objects are yet. But but if, if I if I know Gray, it'll be a, a pretty solid lineup as usual. Yeah, it won't be disappointing for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so now the show itself. Um, 
as always, uh, Wild Sheep Foundation, uh, you show up and you got about 7,000 chances to win a, a sheep hunt. Uh, obviously exaggerating a bit there, but just so many opportunities. You talked about the registration opportunity to win a desert uh, bighorn sheep hunt in Mexico with uh, Sierra Alamo. Um, what other opportunities are there? Um, maybe can you touch on the Lesson One Club for us of what that is for uh, – we've talked about it on the show here, but um, I'd love to hear it kind of from WSF's from your mouth on what that is and, and what people get to get a, get a, get a chance to win. Yeah. I keep forgetting about that. And I don't know why that's, that's the highlight of the show for a lot of people. Um, for sure. Yeah. So lesson one club was created by WSF staff after the 2012 convention, uh, trying to come up with a way to get more people sheep hunting. Uh, so long story short, if you are one of those guy or gal that has never successfully taken a, uh, a wild ram and you join the lesson one club it's 25 dollars to be a, a member of it uh we give away <clears throat> three sheep hunts um they're going to be three doll sheep hunts and on friday at four o'clock um at the convention center we have our lesson one club beer rece- beer reception raffle and then we draw for these three sheep hunts and then we've added a lesson one i club which is anyone who's not taken an international sheep or goat uh we're giving away three international hunts i think there's two one ibex and two chamois hunts that we're giving away so we'll give out six hunts that night um I think the last time I added it up, there's there's 36 hunts that are up for grabs between <laughs> between the registration drawing, life member breakfast, uh, one more for four, less than one club, raffles, and auctions. Wow, that's phenomenal! 36 hunts. So, and the the show is basically it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, a three-day show. So you're giving away 12 hunts a day, roughly. Wow. That's funny. About that. Yeah. And a bunch of them are, you know, they're, they come with your, well, some of them come with your registration. You show up for the life member breakfast, you get a chance to win. Um, you show yep, up there's, for. There's one there. Yeah. Yep. Do you remember the Lesson One Club and Lesson One I Club? There's six there. Um. The raffles, like I said, there's there's nine hunts in the raffles. Four of them are sheep hunts. Uh, when the super raffle comes along, uh, which we'll be releasing shortly, that'll be the uh, Alta Alta Argali hunt. That uh, you won't have to lift a finger. It's all inclusive. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, very exciting. Um, so for uh, I guess for somebody that's never been um, and thinking about coming to, to Sheep Week, uh, what's kind of the best pitch? I, I guess we kind of covered it all here. 36 hunts, um, endless amount of opportunities. Uh, I think the one thing we don't sell is the camaraderie. I think that's why a lot of people go. That's why I go. I was, I was going to say that's that, you know, I had been going to the Sheep Show in, in my capacity with, with Boone and Crockett for a number of years. Um and, you know, have always had to go to, you know, other shows uh, as part of my work responsibility. But the one thing that always struck me about the Sheep Show is that's the one that people want to go to. It's fun. It's um, it's full of like-minded people. It doesn't matter your your income, your social or economic status. Everybody is, is – uh, everybody's sheep hunters or wants to be a sheep hunter and or mountain just mountain game hunting in general um so it's like old home week um people come to you know see their friends uh visit with outfitters that they've hunted with in the past um take in you know take in the you know all the activities the banquets that's the other thing that i noticed um about the sheep show is the, the banquet halls are full it's it's not like people come and go to the show floor and then everybody takes off and goes to dinner. Uh, people go to the banquets. Um, so you'll see 
you know, anywhere from, you know, 1500 to 2000 people stuffed into a banquet hall every night. Um, that's unusual. So yeah, the camaraderie, uh, the wild sheep family, we, we use that term a lot. It's, it's, it's really true. And, you know, to have that taken away from us last year, um, that was tough. Um, there's a lot of people that, you know, come January, they didn't know what to do. Uh, fortunately they, a lot of us joined us online and, and we did the best we could there, but the atmosphere, um, the excitement, the buzz, you'll, you'll see it on social media, social media lights up with everybody posting their images and videos. Hey, I'm at the sheep show. And, um, even, even our exhibitors, um, that have to drag their booth from one show to another, to another. Um, they always say, Hey, you know, can't miss the sheep show. Sheep shows. That's the fun one. It's work, but it's fun. Yeah. I, I can emulate that, you know, with, uh, going around talking to, uh, exhibitors and everyone ha- says exactly the same thing. The efficiency of moving in, move out the uh, Mimo crew at sheep show is second to none. I just hear that over and over of the efficiency of getting in and out and how they're treated. And then the experience itself that for everyone, it, it's by far their, uh, their, their funnest, if you will show, um, they just absolutely rave about it. So, um, yeah, really, really good feedback there. Um, okay. Now, uh, what was I going to ask? You I had one other question about Sheep Week um, before I I wanted to. Yeah, it slipped my mind. I'll come back to it. Um, so, uh, if we could just pivot away from Sheep Week just for a little bit, um, sure. let's talk about uh, the foundation um, and uh, what what are some of the challenges that uh, you know we are kind of on the horizon. What are some of the things that uh, that we're kind of keeping an eye on? Some of the things we're we're looking out in the near future. Um, anything on the horizon that is of concern right now? Uh, concern, yes. Uh, there's always concern. Um, you know, there's the, the COVID thing slowed down uh, quite a bit of the actual on the ground work. Thankfully, that's kicking back in again. Um, so we've had quite a few things on hold, uh, that are, you know, that log jam is breaking loose. We're starting to see, uh, more habitat work being done. Uh, more of our, the research, the things that our grant and aid monies go to our mission monies go to, are getting kicked back in. Um, we're hearing some weird things out of Mexico. Um, I'm not all that privy to it, but there's, there's some, there's some thrash down there relative to, you know, should Mexico have any type of hunting at all? And, and, and you hear that there's, that's one of the reasons why we've got this North American, the model crosshair seminar coming up is, is there's just, just seeming to be this vocal minority out there. That's, that's having a hard time with, with hunting. Um, so that's always, that's always a challenge. Um, Imovi is still out there. Um, that's probably one of our biggest challenges uh, in terms of putting and keeping. Uh, we're real good at putting. Uh, keeping can be a challenge, but there's been some really good breakthroughs in that regard. Uh, you know, thanks to our our biologist staff and our our agency, provincial and tribal partners, uh, paying attention to that. Uh, we've been doing a lot more what they're calling test and remove. Uh, where they're going in and, and capturing sheep, testing them on the spot for a movie, uh, trying to find out where the chronic shedders are in a particular population and removing that individual. Um, the separation strategies uh, that have been employed here for the last four or five years in terms of finding areas where wild sheep and domestic sheep can make a living, but far enough apart that they're not uh, commingling that's starting to pay some dividends. And like I said, this one film premiere that we're going to do is going to talk about two new sheep populations here in the state of Montana. There's others that are, uh, you know, on the way. Uh, We're constantly looking for opportunities to establish new herds, uh, augment existing herds, uh, you know, keep that 
those chess pieces moving around the board. Certainly, um, some areas got hit hard this year uh, with other diseases, BC in particular. Um, that's obviously a major concern. You know, the loss of any sheep is 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 heartfelt around here. Um, but you guys lost a, a pile of them, and that was that was unfortunate. Um, always some legislative challenges. Um, a lot of that goes on behind the scenes that a lot of people aren't aware of. Um, there's a new buzzword now, wilderness designation, that sounds sounds catchy and let's set aside more wilderness areas. Looks good on paper, but uh, in our world, if we can't have access to monitor our sheep herds, to do our habitat work, to work on water projects, to maintain, you know, water guzzlers and so on and so forth, it all becomes for naught. And that's what happens with a wilderness designation uh, is our concern over the ability to have access to manage the sheep that we have. So we're working closely with uh, policymakers to make sure that um, when they are talking wilderness designation, that there is still access for habitat and wildlife management. So those are, you know, the, the, the slate's pretty full. Uh, we've got, you know, somewhere north of 25 grant and aid projects that we're going to be funding this year. Everything from trap and transfers, disease monitoring, uh, habitat improvements, prescribed burns, uh, invasive species abatement, all of that sort of thing. Um, all these things add up to, you know, creating better habitats uh, for the populations that we have and expanding those populations. Yeah, well said. And I guess that's just uh, uh, shows the importance of the work that's being done uh legislatively, uh, habitat-wise, uh, investment in wild sheep, and uh, a very good case for our listeners to buy a membership, get involved, uh, go to Sheep Show, put some of their hard-earned money towards these conservation efforts and the good work that the, the foundation continues to do in Mexico, in the U.S., and certainly here in Canada, and, and specifically B.C. for sure. So, yeah, um, Certainly, when, when folks get to watch this, <clears throat> this history documentary, um, That'll, that'll cover a lot as to the niche or the void that the Wild Sheep Foundation provides. Um, you know, we're, we're really just a funding catalyst. Uh, the reason Wild, Wild Sheep Foundation was formed is, you know, there were no monies available for wild sheep restoration. Uh, there, wasn't a, there wasn't a lot of tags. There wasn't a lot of hunting opportunity. There was some interest. Um but for the most part, you know, a sheep hunt was out of sight, out of mind for a lot of people. And so uh, being able to establish this wild sheep economy, uh, draw people into it, get them interested in it, uh, have them help us fund these projects, um, directly paying dividends just in the, you know, sheep numbers the expansion of their range, which equals hunting opportunities and the number of tags, which just draws more people in and, and keeps that, keeps that, uh, that funding mechanism going. Um, you know, I'm, I'm impressed every time I look at spreadsheets and, and look at the kind of money that the people are, are helping us with and where this money goes and looking at these reports and, and seeing, um, seeing the success on the ground. Um, it, it, it's not the perception that something's being done. Something actually is being done, which is cool. Yeah. Um, well, Bighorn specifically, like that, that's just such a success story, right? They, you look at the number of Bighorns, where they were saying 15, 10 to 20,000 or something at the low point, And what's yep. the modern day number close to 85,000, 90,000. 85. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it kind of the thing I think about is what what would happen if there wasn't actually an organization that was dedicated to looking after wild sheep? You know, like what what would have been the outcome? Was it extirpation? I don't know. It certainly was in certain areas, or is it just you know maybe at some point 
people get involved? I don't know. But what would have happened if the foundation didn't step up or failed to exist? You know, that's, that's always a great question. What, what if something didn't happen or, you know, what is the price of inaction? Um, I think sheep are one of those things that, you know, we didn't touch on this, but we have a lot of people that come to the sheep show that aren't sheep hunters. They're, they're just, they just love wild sheep. Um, they're a curious animal. Um, people love seeing them. Um, they're representative in a way of, uh, wilderness that wilderness still exists, that a keystone species like this can exist in, in our modern, modern times. Um, one would hope that if the wild sheep foundation hadn't gotten started in, in the early seventies, something like it would have had to have happened, um, you know, there is no other, there is no other funding mechanism. There's not a tax, there's not a sheep stamp or, um, you know, the, the agencies themselves, um, you know, they, they've got resources for, uh, you know, a lot of our other big game species and done a fantastic job with them. But you talk to some of the, the old guard with some of the state agencies and they remember a time when, they would have loved it had been able to do something for wild sheep. There just was no resources and there wasn't any science to back them up. So they're, they're thankful that enough people stepped up and said, yeah, we're, we're going to, we're going to reach a helping hand out here. Yeah. It's fantastic. And, uh, it's year after year, the amount of, uh, financial support and resources that go to um, all these different jurisdictions around uh, North America. And, and it's, if there's wild sheep, the foundation is going to be involved in it, whether it's Mexico, um, the Western U S or certainly up here in Canada. I know that um, you guys put more uh, resources into wild sheep than any, uh, anyone else out there. So um, we're certainly grateful for everything that you do and all the support that uh, you give wild sheep and, and just continue to do it in and day in and day out. And not only that, have fun doing it, right? Um, we're going to go to Sheep Week in January and we're going to laugh our butts off and have a great time and raise a bucket load of money for wild sheep. Yeah, it, it is fun. It's it's good work. Um, you know, like I said, staff's covered up right now, but, but everybody's, you know, buckling down. Um, there is daylight at the end of the tunnel. And to come out of Sheep Week uh, with our coffers full and start handing out checks, um, you know, to all of our partners, uh, to do this work is, is rewarding. Certainly. Um, I got to go on one of these captures here in Montana, um, where we did a trap and transfer as the first time I'd involved in anything like that. And I was able to bring my wife with me and, and she was blown away. I was blown away, uh, to actually watch a new sheep herd, uh, running for the hills. And, um, this spring there's going to be, you know, lambs in that area that have never hadn't been there in half a century. Hmm. Um, so that's, that's cool. And it was cool to see, uh, the local ranchers and landowners turn out for this release. Uh, you know, it was like, a they're standing on the sidelines cheering, as, as these sheep are running out of these trailers, uh, it meant a lot to them to have sheep back in the hills around their house. So it is good work. I, I certainly enjoy it. I'm, I'm blessed to be able to work here and, and work with the, all the dedicated staff here and, and all, all the friends that I've made in the wild sheep family, even in my short period of time. So, um, we're all taking our laptops home every night and everybody's emailing and gr grinding along. So there's, there's no 40 hour work week right now, but it's, it's all good stuff. <laughs> well, on that note, I know you have a, a, a bucket list of things to do, a truckload of things to do, Keith, but I just want to thank uh, you uh, for all the, all that you've done, all the support that you uh, have given is certainly the wild sheep society BC and, and the entire uh, wild sheep network and everything that you continue to do. Um, really enjoy all the, 
all the marketing and comm stuff that's coming out of uh, the foundation these days. I really appreciate everything you're doing there and, and just can't wait to get to Reno and, and see everybody and hoist a couple of cold ones and, and uh, raise some money for wild sheep conservation. There will be that more than one, more than one cold one. Do, who's, uh, yeah. No, but you're I, welcome, Kyle. And I, I appreciate the opportunity to come on your, uh, your podcast and, and, uh, and what you do to help spread the message uh, amongst your listeners and all our good friends up in BC. Um, I know a lot of them are <clears throat> wondering if they can make it down to sheep show. I certainly hope they can. Um, it's going to be a party. <laughs> That's for sure. Steve, what, what were you saying there? I just wanted to know if you can tell us who's going to be the beer sponsor for the less than one. Blue Moon. Excellent. Joe, we're on, buddy. Joe. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, he, he's another one of our more than generous supporters. Uh, Blue Moon's been a, a proud beverage sponsor for less than one long as I can remember. So excellent. Yeah. Blue moon on tap. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a great time. And uh, I, I just have to share one story. I remember our first, um, when you first came on staff, uh, it was two years ago at sheep show. I think it was. And uh, okay. Director of marketing and comms. He's going to be running the show. He's going to be, you know, doing all this high level. And there you were setting up a mannequin. And I'm like, no, Keith, you, let me do that. You, <laughs> you're the boss. You, you need to go and, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, the wild sheep family. There's never, uh, you know, nothing's, you know, I've seen gray out there in the trenches, uh, doing stuff that, um, you know, he could have had someone else do. So I've always, that's one of the things that speaks to me about our wild sheep family is, is, uh, we're never too good for anything. Um, you know, and we're all in this to get through it. And, um, and I just can't wait for sheep week. I'm s- super stoked. And, and I want to thank you for taking the time to speak to us today, Keith. You bet. I appreciate it, Kyle. We will see you boys soon. It's coming. Thanks.